didn't how wrong you were. <laughs> did it again. You did it again. Well, you know what they say. Comedy's work in threes or sevens or as many times as you want to brute force something. So there you go. That's right. Yeah. I just keep doing it until it's funny. <laughs> Some people say that's not the way to do it. I've stopped listening to you. Oh, so long ago. I know. 189 episodes later, we're still brute forcing it until it's oh, funny. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We're still, I mean, that's just the story of these podcasts, I really think. That's the story of the podcast. Um, <laughs> so you're Blink 182? <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that Blink 182? I don't think sure. so. Sure. It sounded like it. it. sounded like some skater bopper stuff. Oh, skater bopper. Is that a <laughs> Is that, is that what the kids are saying these days? All I know is those skateboards better get out of here because I don't like them. Rail grinding. Bunch of Sonic the Hedgehogs running around. Yes. <laughs> the yes. epitome of cool. Yes, the epitome of cool. Yes, the epitome. Is that what? <laughs> no, epitome. Epitome of cool, of course. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey. I'm oh, back. Uh, just to tell you, you you'd better go al- al- along with the episode already. You'd better get going because uh, I think you're running out. This bit's running out of steam. Anyway, gotta go. Oh, forced away. <laughs> My favorite part is when he hops back into the pot of gold. Oh yes, absolutely. It, there is no. I mean, he's not trying to be just like a very uh, like a, a very perhaps harmful stereotype, but. He does live in a pot of gold, and that's just the way it is. It's it's more of like a an economic thing, actually. You know, real estate prices are so bad these days that it is actually cheaper to live in a pot filled filled with solid gold coins than to buy a home. Uh, unfortunately, that tracks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when will this bubble burst, and I'll lose a bunch of money? Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, Masters of the Universe, Revelations, for sure, we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man, grab somebody and start eating, from Evil Lynn, Clamp Champ, Teela, and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, dear Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, let's go! Welcome to Dear Skeletor, the unofficial companion podcast to Masters of the Universe Revolution. Join us as we recap each episode, celebrate the things we loved, and discuss the other aspects we may not have liked as much. I'm Forrest, and I'm joined, as always, like two halves of the Power Sword by uh, by my co-host, John. John, how's it going? It's going. It's going. It's going. And it's going to keep going, I guess. And it's gone. That's a a, a very uh, a very deft allusion, John, to the moment of time that we are existing in right now. You know, generally we like to these episodes to feel like we're they're timeless, but we can't uh, escape the fact that we are knee deep in Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. It's the Eterno Seaman versus Skelador. Who will come out on top? It's Brawn and Magic versus Technology and also Brawn. And Magic, but, like, ignoring it. These two titans of legend face-to-face tonight in the gridiron of the... <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, that's that shows me. I don't know much about football, and uh, and I think it's um, it, it, it could tell, <laughs> especially with like it's gone. I'm like, I think that's usually a baseball. That's right. But that's fine though. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll hold that against you. It's that's fine. part of the joke, John. You, oh, you that put was a hat a on a hat. Got it. That's got right. It, got it. That's hat on hat. Got it. Yeah. Understood. Well, John, you know what? Down. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, I, you know, I'm going to say, I think we should just jump right into the episode this time. Cause this one's a, this one's a, a heck of a doozy and I feel like we just got to talk about it. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. 
Okay. You so are this the one... conductor. I'm following. Dang, well, <laughs> let me get out my sticky thing and tippy tap on the old lectern, mabob. <laughs> I'm so knowledgeable about so many things. We can uh, tell. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is it's Masters of the Universe Revolution episode three. Oh, more things I should say in heaven and Eternia. Uh, this one is written by Kevin Smith and directed by. <laughs> 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 I could never remember. You know, you think I would actually write down who is actually the uh, uh, the the writer uh, and director of these, but uh, I did not. But I did see that this one is actually written by uh, Kevin Smith, so he's he's taking a much more active writer role this time around, seemingly. It seems that way. Also, feels like that's the case when there's a the level of literation that kind of happens within the. Uh, uh, within the script is a little more on display, I think, when Kevin Smith is writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I could see that. It, and I think this one, uh, of all the episodes he's written so far in the season, this one, I don't want to give it away too early, but this one might be one of his best. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like that tracks. I still need to kind of absorb what we just watched uh, in terms of, you know, like really think about it. So I think it'll be helpful to talk this through with you to figure uh See what you picked up on, see what I picked up on, and help it. But this this was a great episode. I enjoyed it. There you go. And I guess the TLDR. Great episode. Yep. Keep them coming. Yep. <laughs> yeah, hard to. It'll be hard to. Uh, I think mask our uh, enjoyment of this one as we get into it. But um, yeah, we uh, kick right off at the start here uh, with the intro. Same Raspberry Rocks, but a new song. Yeah, like a, a invasion song almost. Like yeah, you know, doo, doo, doo. like it was really like militaristic and uh, focused. We had no voiceover, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get the uh, the title transforms from last time, which was a, a Mimobo texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, transforms into something I'm gonna say is like a snake belly. That's what I'm. That's what I took away from it. More of a yeah. ka focused uh, title this time. Yeah, that's what I picked up from it. I have to say, I really like what they're doing here. I love how they're having this continuity uh, that is going through all the episodes, and it is this, uh, is they're just evolving the the title treatment every time. It's a really fun thing, and I also think it's fun that they're, they're switching up the intros as well. It is almost as if they knew you were going to be watching these one after the other, which is not the case in our case. Yeah, we're doing it old school. Um, yeah, getting harder and harder, I have to say. But we only have two episodes left, so uh, I guess now is the time to savor. That's it. That's it. I'm just going to load it up, pile everything to the corner, pile those next two episodes there, and just wait wait for those appropriate bites and at the appropriate time. Yes. You know, uh, sometimes waiting is the best part. Anticipation makes the heart go fonder. Anyway, uh, we open on Hordak's bridge of his uh, one of his uh, ships, uh, or I should say, we actually open on a wide shot of a planet being attacked by Hordak's horde, and then we cut to uh, an interior shot of the of his flagship's bridge. And I have to say, immediately I was like, "Oh my god, is that Stonedar? Oh my god." <laughs> And uh, and indeed it is. I don't know what I was called when we just watched it. I'm not sure what I was calling him, but his name is Stonedar. I think he is Stonedar, uh, a rock man. Yes. Um, you you call him a bunch of things. And I think you eventually landed on something close to Stonedar. Well, it's that is the official name, and however however close I got, you know, you'll just have to forgive me. I'm not great with names in general, but uh, I had. I, I don't know if it was Stonedar, but I had uh, one of these toys when I was growing up, and I was very happy to see uh, one of these uh, characters, but also immediately worried, because whenever a recognizable character shows up in the clutches of the main villain uh, before the final episode, you know that their their purpose here is to really just show how badass uh, the villain is by uh, taking him out. 
Well, definitely. I mean, I think this, um, what this must have led into kind of that speech I think we heard in one of the teasers or something where Hordak mm-hmm. is talking about like, you know, all these champions keep coming thinking they're going to beat me up. And I think this is the, the speech that they pulled it, uh, pulled from it. But I mean, getting at the rock people, I think I might've called them rock Lords. That's technically uh go bots, but you know, <laughs> I, mean, I think they're just the rock people. And, um, uh, that's an interesting, uh, I think that bit of connection is very interesting. I, I do believe, uh, I do believe Stonedar is a rock lord, and so this may be just a crossover. I mean, could be. That's, I always remember calling them, uh, calling them rock lords, but I didn't think that was actually the, uh, the, actually the case, because there was another, it, it was at a time where people were like, you know what kids would like to play with? plastic rocks yeah i mean i think according to uh wiki grayskull which is the the fan run he-man and she-ra wiki they are just uh they're an attorney uh no an ethereum race or attorney either way they are uh the rock people is what they are technically called um and it looks like they were first introduced in the mini comics yeah i think that tracks a rock, I mean, a, a mini comic titled "Rock People to the Rescue," in which Stonedar and Rockon come to Eternia specifically yeah. to aid He-Man against the, in his battle against Skeletor. I take it, but uh, I too owned uh, Stonedar. Yeah, because it, I mean, it literally turned into a rock. That was so cool. And then you can keep the rock in the corner, and then all of a sudden you go, it's like, yeah. I was obsessed with plastic rocks. They had my number, uh, and I loved uh, I loved this toy very much. So this was a, a, a unlocking a core memory for me when when this showed up. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, we do not have a ton of time to spend with uh, Stodar uh, because Hordak is busy monologuing, and he looks bored AF. I mean, yeah. he is just like everywhere I go, there's these champions, and they think they're gonna get me. And what they don't realize is Hordak doesn't fight. He's too important to fight. He does. He hires people to do fighting for him, uh, and this is proven out as we see uh, as we see the introduction of Grizzlor, Mantena, and Leech, uh, all classics. I love to see Mantena. I loved like it's such a ridiculous uh, uh, like look for Mantena, and, and he he has the sort of similar powers that he did in the cartoon. Grizzlor is fantastic to see as well. They make him very hairy. If you'll remember, the t- the toy itself was very hairy. Yeah. So that's a fun callback. And of course, Leech, not a not a one of the most uh, creative names, certainly, but it is a, a lizard man who. I, I mean, what you want, Leechor? Yes, or... John. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I would love that. <laughs> that I would. Ra- very fitting with the universe. I'd rather be Leech Man. So yeah, then that, that way it that could have been too. voiced by Cloris Leachman at some oh, point. Oh, great. Yeah. Great, John. That's, 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 that's exactly right? what they would have done. Look, it's Leachman. <laughs> you come over here. I'm Leachman. And that would have cracked me up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I would have liked it, too. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, that really wasn't much time for Stonedar, RIP. Uh, I didn't think you could get blood from a rock, but apparently they proved you can. Um, yeah, they certainly, yeah, rock juice, who knows? Uh, yeah. But they desiccate, they turn him into even more of a rock. you think that would have just made him stronger. Ha ha, you fools. <laughs> my my one weakness is, was all my rock juice going through my body. Now that you removed it, I'm purely rock. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I do appreciate the fact this was voiced by Cam Clark, uh, Leonardo, uh, who else? Max, and uh, Lancer from... Robotech, but most importantly, the voice of He-Man and Prince Adam in the 2000X Motu. So that was a nice little um, Easter egg right there. Yeah, just uh, tons of callbacks in this episode. Tons of yeah. uh, tons of fan service in a way that I very much enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but uh, next, a uh, a hologram of Mimobo appears yep. and uh, fills Hordak in on uh, the Keldor deception, and it's on its third phase already. They're doing things are going great. 
Um, and Hordak is very much enjoying this update until Tiny Skeletor, or I should say Skeletech, having adopted the moniker that He-Man jokingly gave him in the last episode, Skelet- Tiny Skeletech appears and uh, really just sort of takes the winds out of Mebobo's uh, sails. It's very much, I think what is funny is because of the scale, and because of his dialogue, it does very much feel like a kid kind of running into the room while mom and dad are talking and be like, "You should see it. I was, <laughs> I, I, I pretended to be uh, Kaldor and me, Bobo. He was me, and it was very, it was so, so cool." And Hordax is like, "Uh, get out of here! I'm like, what are you doing? Come on, we're having, we're trying to have a conversation. You're around here all the time. We're getting really tired of it, Skeletector. Yes, Skeletector. Um." Has a uh, a nice little uh, barb for Prince Adam by calling him Little Lord. Look at my abs, Adam, which I think is uh, pretty freaking funny, actually. Oh yeah, no, I approve. If anything, this has given um, Skeletector the uh, opportunity to be his funniest, and yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Like you said, while during the watch, well, it's like uh, he is practicing his type five, and uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm for it. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> buy a ticket. Yeah, I'm gonna take um, away. But as soon as the uh, as soon as they get off the call with uh, Daddy Hordak, back in uh, Tech Bro Mountain, uh, <laughs> me Bobo just backhands the 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 bejesus out of Skeletor, sending him flying, and. Skeletor grovels the best that he can, or Skeletector grovels the best he can, but Mimobo is not having any of it. Picks him up, almost crushes his head, and we get a, little, a fun little bit of foreshadowing in this scene where um, his eye goes through like reboots almost, and you can, you can tell something is the 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 crushing of his skull has has uh, loosed something within uh, his memory, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the. Uh... The, the swap between the different eyes, even though that's a that's a real uh, cruddy uh, system he has set up in his brain, I guess, if just a, a slight crushing could uh, do so much to him. Yeah, very delicate tech for, for something that has been so effective and really just like taking off or, you know, taking out anyone who would oppose the mighty Mimobo. Um, but... Uh, once uh, once Mibobo, uh you know exits the room, Skeletor is uh, decides to speechify, uh, just lamenting the fact that nobody is recognizing his superior intellect. And of course, he uh, takes out his rage in, in the most unhealthy of ways, uh, smashing the walls, um, the the mirrored walls, I should say. And that that prompts a bit of laughter from somewhere off camera. Skeletor quite kind of can't figure out where it's coming from until he looks back in that that uh, mirrored section of the wall that he smashed, and who should appear but Keldor? That's right, the the person he's pretending to be, but is now talking to him. What is going on? Yeah, maybe maybe a break in programming or something. You know, the the uh, the Keldor protocol that's uh, running through his brain right now, or something like that, because he was really like a. For all intents and purposes, a, a digital ghost. That was the appearance, anyway. Yeah, because he walks out of the mirror and becomes an, like a three, a free, a free floating hologram. And uh, this is where things in the story really hit on the gas, and they do not let up uh, because the he just lays it out. And there's no like, there's not even a, a, an attempt to sort of to sort of reveal this in a slow and um, and surprising manner, Keldor is just like, how about this? You're me. We're both the same person. <laughs> and uh, Hordak tricked us all. Anyway, here's a flashback for you. Beep, bop, boop. Enjoy this. Yep, it's going to break his... your brain. That's right. He touches the, the middle of his skull, and we're treated to a flashback. And I said this during the the, the uh, when we watched it, but I'll say it again. I could have lived in this flashback for three episodes. Even just a single episode focusing just on this was I just wanted so much more. It tells very succinctly the entire history of, of how Skeletor came to be. And uh, no, he's not an inter- interdimensional monster, no. After uh, the real Keldor was banished to Amadgar or Gamadgar. Do we ever find out if it starts with a G or an A? 
No, I haven't looked it up. And uh, you know what? Let's look at it. Right. I've I've got right. do the it. the do wiki gray skull right here. Do it. Wiki that gray skull by the power of the computer. I found out that it's cold. I <laughs> will keep vamping until you find it because that is what uh, I do right Okay, okay. Now. I think I got. Uh, I think oh. I got a gar. Okay, I, I got the peep gar. Uh, I'm. Need my um, inhaler because I can't keep talking you, this way. Okay. I am. Okay, it's all like theories and stuff. Uh, no, Anwat Gar. Okay, A N W A T Gar. Okay, Anwat Gar. Uh, we get a a uh, a shot of Anwat Gar on fire after the horde invaded, as much as uh, Keldor said in the previous episode. Um, and then I suppose what we are seeing next is that the, the Keldor offers, uh, or sorry, I should say, um, Hordak offers Keldor the, uh, the Havoc staff and the power of Havoc, uh, and he takes it and it, uh, it zaps him good, zaps all the skin off of his face, uh, that, revealing Skeletor's skull. That was, that was rugged. I was it, not expecting yeah. to see. Uh, it, look, a juiced rock is one thing, but <laughs> <laughs> watching a face go from like normal face to the muscle <laughs> to the skeleton, you know, to the skeleton, I was like, whoa! I was, I was not expecting that. But you know, the Netflix people they they show you some stuff. Yeah, pretty intense. Um, and uh, then it shows, uh, again, I wish we had an episode about this because it's kind of hard to tell what exactly is happening here because the next bit is uh, Skeletor fully realized, as we know him uh, today, in King Randor's, I guess, bedchamber being arrested by the Eternos I, guards. I think he is in, so this, this is the thing, I think he was in Prince Adam's and potentially Princess Adora's uh, bedroom i see and that's so we that we are witnessing uh we are witnessing, witnessing hordak uh stealing away with another baby hordak loves to kidnap kids apparently that's it that's but a little bit thinking. of a she-ra uh foreshadowing that's what that's what i'm thinking because it yeah, happened awesome. in there i think uh uh, uh skeledor or, or what is skeledor tech skeldor skeldor <laughs> Um, yeah, is maybe a little shocked or maybe helped facilitate that, uh, quote unquote kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, his... <laughs> what's in the quote unquote, my friend? Well, you know, well, we don't know what he was there either to stop Hordak or was he there to help Hordak. But yes, I guess in this instance, Hordak did still a something. We're assuming it's a baby because of the knocked over crib and stuff. But yeah, uh, they, they're trying, they, uh, hats off to this episode in in a whole episode where subtlety is sort of thrown to the wayside this was a fun subtle detail because hordak is sort of facing away from the camera there's something in he's cradling in his arms but it doesn't really show you everything uh which uh but i think fans of the entire series know what is being referenced here yeah yep yeah, i agree i agree uh, a fairly heartbreaking revelation. Uh, it turns out that even though Skeletor thought that the, this deception was made from whole cloth, no, uh, it is, in fact, based on the truth. Uh, something that was wiped from Skeletor's memory or perhaps repressed. But uh, that's right. That's it. Skeletor is canonically He-Man's uncle. Yeah, I'm going to have to... I have to wait and see how this plays out. I actually don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it's definitely a choice. It is very interesting. I I also am interested to see how it plays out, how it like how that develops their relationship a little bit. Um it's now more than ever, especially with the presence of very of a few actors from the uh Star Wars saga. It's more Star Wars than ever. Uh definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. But I don't know, like, I just, I'm going to really have to, like, think about it for a bit. Because when we were talking about it last week, I was just going, like, man, I really kind of hope it isn't that the case. But I feel like that will be the case. And Yeah, we called the ball, by the way, last yeah. week. <laughs> we really did. 
uh, in several different ways we'll get into as we go through the episode. But uh, yeah, really, really interesting revelation. Um, and uh, Keldor continues to be good at pep talks, uh, giving Skeletor a bit of a pep talk here as the scene changes to back to the dragon's lair. And we are treated to a very fun fight between uh, the sorceress and normal Lin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having the typical superhero talk and fight. Um, and uh, this one, this one does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> Two female characters fighting and talking about how. You know what? Everyone is shipping. Uh, everyone's shipping Gila. Yep. Uh, you still the... don't like mine, Sorcerer Man. Uh... Sorcerer. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, keep working on it. Maybe yeah. that'll stick. Yeah. I just keep join... saying it'll happen eventually, right? Join the Pop Socket Discord. Vote for your favorite. Uh, your favorite couple name for He Man and Tila. Either Gila or Sorcerer Man. <laughs> Oh, it's always for me. Uh, yeah, well, you know, both good options. We'll see what uh, we'll see what uh, you know shakes out. Uh, did not expect John uh to get a uh erection joke here in the or an erection illusion, I should say, here in this fight. Uh, but Tila is trying to, or I should say, Normal Lynn is trying to get under uh, Tila's skin by saying that. Uh, normal in is the forbidden fruit that lifts He-Man's loincloth. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know if I'm ready to imagine. The, the, to I'm uh, ready to sort of sit with the imagery that 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 uh, that brings up. But here we are. Um, it's it's rule thirty four in the cartoon itself. Yeah, I didn't need it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need it. Uh, didn't didn't need it. Didn't ask for it. Um, but we got it. And that if that would have been any other indication that Kevin Smith wrote it, than that line. Do you think? Yeah. Right. <laughs> do you think that? Uh, do you think when He Man is you know being amorous, or I should say Prince Anna is being amorous, and he wants to just zhuzh it up a little bit, people could just hear him. I have the power. <laughs> totally. they, just ro- they just roll their eyes. They're like, oh god. Tie down the furniture. <laughs> this place is about to get a shaking. Well, it's like, I have the power. And then like, maybe a minute and a half later, I release the power. <laughs> yeah, you're really, uh, you're really telegraphing it to the whole of Eternos, I guess. But um, uh, I guess now we're, we're a, a couple of Kevin Smiths now as well. <laughs> we're making this uh, show way more horny than it needs to be. Mm. Um. But uh, it all basically boils down to um, uh, Normal Lynn being like, hey, everybody wants you guys to hook up, so just hook up already, please. We're all shipping you. We want to see this is to pay off. That's all the king wanted before he died. If only he could have seen you guys get together, oh, he would have died a happy man. Uh, which yeah, so is, uh, you know, very manipulative. Yeah, but also it's one of those things like, ah, uh, now you're just going to have to settle for second best by rebuilding our equivalent of heaven so he has a place to go to. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's like, oh, that old chestnut? I don't care about that. I'll just be stuck in Subternia forever being tortured by second-rate scare glow. I don't, I don't care. I have my fears, my ultimate fears show to me but a nonstop thing for eternity. Nah, I'm fine. But if only you two would have gone on a date. That's what I wanted. Randor said. Um, but uh, this is a this is a fun. I like this training bit though. I like. I hope they keep this going for a couple more episodes or at least one more. Um, where they show uh Tila training up on these different forms of magic. He's just talking about how it feels different. And how uh, Evelyn is telling us, oh, it's born from passion. So she has to, she has to truly harness her passions to to harness the power of Ka. I guess we'll get at least one more training montage while she harnesses the power of Havoc. Yeah, uh, and then maybe another one that uh, shows whatever that uh, fourth tower is. You know, John, uh, I'm calling it right now. I don't yeah, know for she... sure, but I think mm. that'll have something to do with technology. <laughs> I'm just, just going to go out and so? say it. Yeah. 
because like they keep talking about like it's this whole season has been sort of the interplay between technology and magic and them being sort of diametrically opposed. I think what ha- ends up happening is that they come. The, it's really the harmony of those two things that is the secret. Uh, so, uh, but but here's my thing sauce. though. Like I, I I'm fine with that being that this is the you know the story's conceit is kind of the two points between magic or you know uh, technology but i always saw masses of universes like the truly the marriage of the both and never really thought that they were at odds yeah because as often as you see you know like he-man using his power sword he also has strider which is just a mechanical horse and yes yeah. he seemed okay with it it wasn't like oh i wish this was a real horse or my giant cat give me something else versus yeah. this so it's it, i mean it's an interesting conceit so maybe that it may maybe you're right with that uh fourth tower because i have no idea what it is um but maybe there's a i don't know maybe it is like a, a beeper a <laughs> techno <cell> tower <laughs> it's a big best buy <laughs> it's a geek squad yep uh yeah i don't know i i agree i feel sort of like there is this is sort of a tension that has been invented for the show but uh we'd love to hear from you out there super fans if you're of he-man and you have some sort of like obscure comic reference to where this is established then uh i'm, I'm definitely here for it that being said I, I agree with you though it does feel kind of like it is being um amplified in a way that it just never felt like that was the case before but i'm i'm here for the i'm here for the story as it stands yeah totally totally i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop watching because of this it just it is it's just an interesting aside but Mm -hmm. um yeah but uh, yeah again that fourth tower maybe you're right maybe it is a techno tower and that's how (laughs) that that, that's how uh uh uh, sorcerers able to rebuild a paternia yeah she'll get like all the magic she'll get all these different magic uh schools of magic and become even more powerful than the previous sorceress and then she'll also get a boom box and that will release it <laughs> yeah i can't wait for her to hold that overhead to go to like castle grayskull and just have it like bombard <laughs> oh man if this if this series ends with her holding it overhead and it's like in your eyes and then <laughs> <laughs> me bobo is just like no peter gabriel <laughs> and then they she's like oh yeah well check this out it switches the tape and it's like i wanna be your sledgehammer and then they just start wrecking shop i'm i you know what i'm i'm gonna have i'm gonna pull that back because i'm excited i've given myself goosebumps at like how cool that would be <laughs> i mean you, I don't you, think did, I'm gonna get it. you did make it cooler you did just make it cooler, especially. Yeah, I plus it up. Yeah, you know, He Man punching like Hordak in the face while Peter Gabriel's like, I'm peeing in the river. Peeing in the river. <laughs> He's just fuck? punching him. Okay. Yeah, all right. Never mind. It's going to be a, that's an awful idea. <laughs> no, no, um, it, it's the every time I hear that I can feel it in the rhythm, for some strange reason, my head interprets it as I'm peeing in the river. There you go. Interesting. Okay, so that's a little personal look into the uh, into the wacky mind of one John. That's um, me. That's that's a me. Uh, so back at uh, Eternos, uh, we get a little balcony time between uh, Skeldor and uh, the champion himself, He Man. And uh, they're just kind of chumming it up and, and talking about how cool the Cloud Crusher is because uh, it's picking up the Ava from previous episode and hauling it <laughs> off to the Eternos junkyard, surely. Uh, they're just sort of talking about how the Gar would have uh, would have really just uh, chuckled at all this this useless use of magic, but they would have loved technological stuff like that. Um and uh, this is this moment where Skeldor notices that He-Man does not have the sort of power, and you can tell this is a little bit of a wrinkle in his plans. It, it does seem like he needed, he wanted He-Man to have the sword for whatever reason, and uh, He-Man does it unknowingly does a very fairly good job by being sort of uh, obtuse about what they're planning on doing with it. Again, he doesn't really have a reason to be 
at this moment, I don't feel like, but it is good that he is saying, like, oh, I, I'm sending it away to, to have repairs. And Which, come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on, though. Come on. Come well, on. Well, they, they immediately justify it in the script where, the, where Skeldor is like, oh, yeah, you've broken it before, so I get it. Yeah, but, like, the last time he broke it, it, it took, you know, like eight episodes for it all to get kind of put back together and everything set up and stuff. This time around, he's like, oh, no, I'm just sending it off to, like, uh, Jiffy Lube. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it just kind of treated as I'm getting a little, uh, I'm getting a little, a little touch up on it. Don't worry about it. I still got the power. I'm still as big as Alan Richardson from fucking Reacher. I'm good enough. <laughs> um, uh, from there, we qu- we cut to a, a, a dusty gully, John. And I, I think w- when we were watching this, you immediately uh, recognized this yeah. little doorway and everything else. This could be none other than the home of Gwildor, the, uh, the adventurer or the uh, inventor and locksmith from, who replaced Orko because for budgetary reasons in the Masters of the Universe live action film. And uh, wow, you called it last episode. Just so happy to see this little dirty gully. I yeah. I was so shocked that they, you know, they added some attorney and foliage in the background, but they really stayed true to the the sort of dirt pit that we found him in in the in in the live action movie. Yeah, you have no idea. As oftenly wrong as I am to be right about something, feels pretty nice in this instance. And just to just to have Gildor uh, realized in canon, or at least in the cartoon, is just a, a delight to no end. Uh, the only thing I was upset is he just wasn't eating any ribs. Yeah, no ribs, and what we do not see the cosmic key or hear the cosmic key. We hear it name dropped, uh, which is nice. But basically, Duncan is like, "Yeah, I'm the same Duncan from the movie. The movie happened here. Like the movie is canon now, because as far as I know, that this is this is a, a direct follow up to the cartoon. So having bringing the movie into canon, I think, is really cool. Uh, I really liked it, and it, it you know it finally pays off. Skeletor at the end of the movie being like, "I'll be back." <laughs> <laughs> Because he was this whole time. We didn't know. We didn't know. It was a different kind of back. We didn't realize, but uh, it would be not another movie, but he was right. Yeah, especially when we got to see uh, the more flesh getting ripped off the face just to make sure he turned into Skeletor, so that probably also happened. <laughs> so he went back. <laughs> he went back just to get a little more like, of yep. <laughs> touch of that nose that look a little less like a nose and more like, you know, skeleton's nose, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That part we were going to sweep under the rug a little bit, but yeah. uh, but that was fun. And um, and they definitely hit on the similarities between Orko and Gwildor, and they make several allusions to the fact that they're basically the same character throughout this uh throughout this episode, but uh, we're back in Eternos now, um, and He-Man and Battle Cat are itching for an old-school adventure. Uh, and guess who else wants to talk, tag along? Iandra! Here's a, the Man-at-Arms! Really eager to, to go out on an old-school, fantastical adventure, but Adam's not having any of it. Uh, he, I think, you know, I, I, I get why... Man in Arms is disappointed that she's not able to go out on this adventure, but at the same time, they were just attacked by Skeletech. They need someone to be uh, left behind to guard a, a Turtos. Exactly. And where was Rio Blaster in all this? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Where's Buzz off Rio Blaster and Snout Sprout? Like, no, no, I'll never no, get this right. No Stratos, none of them. So, yeah. Sorry, Audra. You're just going to be the one that uh, is going to have to watch, uh, you know, the capital for a little bit she's gonna have to do it yeah and she is dejected but gives he-man a very cool little extra plate that magnetically at mag mag magically attached attached to his uh to his chess piece and it's a uh it's a little it's just there's telling the audience for those who know you know that the battle armor is about to come into play yeah it was an it was a, a a nice 
addition to, even though it was just like activated. It's like, why don't you just turn on now? Why you got to activate it? What's going on? Well, because they got a whole like Sailor Moon style magical, uh, magical girl sequence that uh, He Man has to go through. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, you're right. You're right now. Um, but uh, where uh, Andra is uh, dejected, Keldor sees an opportunity, or should I should say, Skeldor. Uh, because as soon as He-Man jumps away and smashes all those rooftops uh, on his uh, on his quest, no sooner <laughs> does uh, Skeldor walk up uh, to the Man-at-Arms and, and say, Hey, uh, feeling dejected? Well, I've got just the thing for you. You're quite important to me, of course. I don't know how that He-Man feels, but I've got a great idea. Say, you know, yesterday, or I guess earlier today, <laughs> whatever it was, when all of our uh, all of our populace was being turned into uh, terrifying techno zombies that were very strong, what if we give them a good virus and turn them into terrifying techno zombies that are very strong? But for me, instead of, of Skeletor, which is not me, FYI, have <laughs> you heard anything? <laughs> I'm not Skeletor. Anyway. What do you think? We just do the exact same thing that we were trying to prevent that Adam is going on a quest to cure everybody else. We do the exact same thing, but for us, instead of instead of a Skeletor, which is, again, not me. What do you I, say? Yeah, we will give power to the people. Yeah, exactly. And one people in particular named Keldor. <laughs> I mean, you got to look, you got to give Keldor credit. Uh, definitely the master or Skeldor credit, definitely the master manipulator here. Truly, because he, everyone buys into this hook, line, and sinker. I mean, he, he was he literally able to become like king within the span of like one outing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he is, he's been king for like an hour and a half. And he's like, all right, why don't we infect everyone with these Tectobots? What is that, Nanobots? Is that cool? Cool. I got a great idea. Everyone's good with this, right? Yeah, we're good. You good with this? I'm good with it. So let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, you would think that this would cause a little bit of uh, pause, but you know, He-Man's ignoring everybody else, just trying to figure out what to do with this. You can see why Audra is kind of uh, falling in for this um, this ruse. Yeah, she immediately fell for his uh, manipulations and is, is eager to help his, this plan. And they're not even going to wait to see if He-Man's plan will work. They're just like, yeah, all right, he's doing some dumb crap. <laughs> let's just let him, you know, he'll be mad if he doesn't get to do this thing that he wants to do. But let's just do the real plan while he's off doing it. I'm sure he'll be fine when he gets back. And it's like, hey, I finally, oh, everything's solved? Cool. Thanks for telling me. Um, <laughs> but, uh we're uh we're gonna go away from Eternos and back to Gwildor's house where Orko and Gwildor are trading barbs. Uh, Gwildor is basically like, I'm not gonna help you out while clearly getting ready to help them out. Yeah, he he seemed he he seemed inclined to help. It just uh, he wants to prove that you know why technology is. I don't know if he he, he sounds like he sits on the fence of technology is better than magic but he's willing to figure out how to marry the both um, yeah he, he's instance. he's saying that what they're asking for kind of clangs but he's making he's drawing the clear distinction between technology and magic and saying hey uh i know that any advanced technology is indistinguishable distinguishable from magic but it is not the same thing um and but Duncan seems fairly convinced that he is the only one that can basically give the sword a tune-up in order to make its nanobot uh, curing powers all that more effective. And there's, a, again, there's a tension here between Gwildor and uh, Orko. Uh, they're trading barbs, but also... For whatever reason, Orko is just like, yeah, but I, there's a magic solution. I could do magic, but he hasn't yet so if you got some ideas my buddy orko lay them out on the table please because i'm not here i'm hearing a lot of like 
uh, I'm hearing a lot of um, insecurity about the difference between magic and technology, not seeing a lot of, like, I don't know, proof or anything like that. Like a little bit of action, you mean? Like, some, yeah. like see, look what I did. I just juiced this sword up a little bit. I put, yeah. put a tassel I've got on I- there or something. Yeah, exactly. A magical tassel. Or I've got, like, a tome that'll that'll do the thing or i've got a spell or i know some wizard who can do it uh he's just basically again there's this weird sort of he orko is clearly in the the camp of anti-technology or technology is just for like for kids and magic is the real shit but uh not offering a lot of solutions i think there's just like there's a lot of insecurity going around with these two traders there's a lot of height jokes uh, Orko claims to be just as tall as uh, as Gwildor, which seeing them right next to each other, I, but big doubt. <laughs> I mean, if he's counting the hat, I guess. I mean, barely. I think even with the hat, he's barely <laughs> towards the top. Yeah, this is a. I mean, I guess these two would be at odds. I guess that the the personalities would clash here versus just like, well, we need we need to. We need to work together to help. Ribs, you yes. know, versus you know, Orcos in in incessance on magic or something. But I I, I can kind of understand where Orco's coming from, because this is the first time you know Orco's been like, for lack of a better term, competent Orco, the magician versus yeah, uh, messing everything up all the time. But he does do his rainbow hands thing, which I did like. Yeah. That was a great callback. I definitely liked it. This this episode is just filled with callbacks, and that was really fun. Um, they call the Sword of Power the most elegant tool ever created, which I thought was a real fun, uh, a real fun thing to call it. Even though it's just a sword, <laughs> are they talking about swords in general or that one in particular? I think maybe that one in particular. I mean, it All is right. a, it is a cool looking design. True, yeah. For it has sure, so. it has those weird sort of like filigrees on the side that don't feel like they actually add much because it's not a cross guard and it seems like it takes away part of the blade. But uh, I guess when He-Man's swinging it, who cares? He's going to cut through anything regardless if it's a dull part of the blade or a sharp part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I mean, there was that time where he opened a can with it because it is a, and he built the house too. Because yeah. it is a very elegant tool. It's an elegant tool. It's such an elegant tool. It's the Swiss Army knife of Eternia. Um, but uh, now we're back at Techbro Mountain, where uh, He-Man d- goes through his magical girl transformation and activates his battle armor. And thank goodness, John, we finally get to see it. We're three episodes in, and He-Man finally yeets something. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I thought I was going to have to go ask Burton M6 to redo the uh, the intro because I was mm-hmm. like, he's not eating nothing. And, you know, that's kind of like our Easter yeet egg. <laughs> yep, Easter yeet, as they call it, as everyone does. Yep. Uh, but he does it in the classic He-Man style. He, like, uh, just kind of shoots off Battle Cat like a rocket, uh, blasts through this turret's uh, central column, and then just picks it up and throws it at the other turrets. Uh, loved to see it. He-Man is in his element in these, this scene. Uh, and he's just like, he, he even mugs for a, like, a little bit of a, a iconic pose after eating that tower. And it, to be fair, the cultists just let him have it. Because they're like, what are we going to do? Exactly. We're not stopping him. We didn't stop him over the bridge. We're not stopping him getting up the side of this thing now. In fact, this assault of Snake Mountain is happening almost too easily. Yeah, it's some it's almost like it was all according to plan. Uh, because back, speaking of plans, back at Eternos, uh, everyone is going all in on this whole good nanobots plan. Uh, and, and, uh, Skeldor uses that sort of, um, revivalist preacher trick of, uh, curing an old lady of her back problems to, to really get, um, get people very much on board with this, what is... What is just every time that he unveils a new part of it, it just seems like a more and more wild plan. Uh, because not only does it involve getting a brand new sweet iWatch, but you also, I guess, have to be given the techno sacrament. Yeah, yeah, techno wafer. That's right, body, slices, yeah. body of me, Mobo. 
Yep. He calls it a magnet, but you have to put it on your tongue. Tongue. I don't and know. Then it, then it makes your eyes kind of go do the little digital thing, like they would whoop, like you know, like a little enhanced. I was just like, oh man, that communion wafer looks uh, not very tasty. But uh, no, I mean the I'm, I'm in it for the watch. I probably would have spit the wafer out. You know yeah, I, mean? I don't want this. This doesn't this look good. Doesn't I don't know. Look Blue, tasty. I don't want to eat that. That's right. Blue's not a great. It's not a super appealing color. I don't think. Uh, but it is very much like uh, you know, the old lady's like, "Hey, I'm feeling great," and everyone's like lining up. The lines around the block when we cut back there next. But before we do, we're gonna quickly cut back to the uh to the battle at uh at Tech Bro Mountain, and uh, you can see the the animation budget for this one is just all juiced up. He man's just mowing down all the techno jobbers. We got uh Whiplash. Is that the that character or Tech Lash? What would be this character's name now? Uh, yeah, I think probably Tech Lash. Uh, it was Whiplash at one point, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's a, I guess it's a Tech Tech Lash. Tech Lash. I like Tech Lash. Let's stick with yeah. Tech Lash. It's let's, tech let's, Lash. let's stick with Tech Lash. But he's basically mowing down all the jobbers. Um, and then we're basically cutting back and forth from uh, Eternos to the battle at Tech Bro Mountain. Um, we uh, cut back to Eternos, and, and uh, people are lining up around the block to get those body of me bobo wafers. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. This seems totally normal. Um, He-Man finally, back at uh, Tech Bro Mountain, He-Man finally gets into the throne room. And he's uh he enters with a cutting skull pun, um, and then we quickly cut back to Skeldor and Andra, and she's like, "Hey, why aren't you? I noticed you didn't have a crown on," and he's like, "I left it at home." <laughs> yeah, I don't Could need, I... I don't need to wear a crown to rule. That's right. Yeah. I don't need a pointy hat to rule, he says. Uh, a sly, you know, really taking on the Pope. <laughs> you show that Pope who's boss. Yep. Uh, and uh, this is the moment. Then they cut back to the, the, the tech bro throne. And He-Man notices Keldor's throne sitting there. And he has a moment where he it really takes him actually a long time to put this together. <laughs> hmm. Wait a second. That looks a lot like the crown that I just put on. What? I mean, to be fair, if I would have been He-Man in that place, I probably would have put two two together. I'd be like, "Where's Skeletor? Where? Where's this uh, Mimobo? Like, where's these people? What's going on? Hey, that's a cool crown. I wonder who got this. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> let's start tearing the rest of this place up." Right. Yeah, he's like, ah, neat. Uh, I guess I'll just l- loot this. <laughs> I this. I'll be able to sell this at the mer- at the uh, some merchant for a couple silver coins. A lot less than you would think. Um, but the real reason for this whole scene, I don't care about any of that stuff, truly, because the real se- reason for this scene is that he's wearing the battle armor, and it's got a big old, it's got a big old indentation right through the H, just like the toy had. And it does that. It spins around. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> to fix it. It's like I, I think what you said during our watch through is exactly what I was thinking. Where it's like, oh, okay, all right, sure, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, like it's one of those like um, it's like one of those rolls of uh, like parchment paper that they have in the doctor's office where you just tear it down and keep rolling out. God forbid, God forbid the H gets messed up. How will they know who he is? Who is this blonde Adonis who is the, the size of five men put together? Uh, yeah. I, what's on his chest? I can't tell. There's a big scratch through it. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, I mean, I I know He-Man wears something similar, but this isn't He-Man, obviously. That's right. <laughs> obviously. Let's be another <laughs> blonde monster of a man. Uh... But really, that's it. I mean, that's just great. It rotates just like the toy, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm seven again, and you know, playing with my He-Man with the the t- the battle armor that I never had actually, I never had, but I did see it in comics, and it looked very cool in commercials and comics. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was it, it, and not that I knew I needed it, but I was happy I got to see it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then you know n- now that we've the the jig is up and the 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 horror is dawning on our, our heroes, we cut to Gray Skull. Of course, Gray Skull. We haven't thought about it, but nobody's there. Everyone left to do different types of uh, quests, and nobody. Uh, uh, all, all, all sort of spurned on by by Keldor, of course, or Skeldor, uh, and no one is guarding. There's like really the the amount of security that at Grayskull is kind of an afterthought because uh, Mimo Bird <laughs> shows up <laughs> <laughs> and just like does one blast of of her like uh, geometric powers voice thing and uh those very impressive looking magical seals that are protecting grayskull are a thing of the past yeah really really weird that technology could just break through it like that like yeah maybe they're right (laughs) maybe magic does suck and technology is the way of the future yeah i mean in this instance yeah there's no no other way to explain it like it was just one little one, one little songbird love tap broke that whole shield yeah, and uh, the door gets melted through, and we see Mimobo start to stride through Grayskull, and she begins her Borgification. Uh, circuit board JPEG starts to be plastered all over the walls. Yeah, I didn't realize she was that powerful. Truly, like it is like instant. It's like an instant redeco. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, the this is an episode of House Flip- Flippers that is only two minutes long because her just just the nanobots come out of her hand and know exactly what to do to make it the aesthetic that I she loves, I guess, but also Hordak is into. I don't know. It she's working for Hordak. It seems like she would have made it. I guess she, it's like a combination of Mimobo and Hordak at the end of the day because it has like some big old bat wings um, and uh, stuff. But like, it's a real sort of like, think about if you've ever seen a shifter on a rat rod that has, that is a skull and it has like gems in its eyes. Yeah. It is, it's very much that aesthetic all yeah. over the place. Yeah, it's got a real rat fink. <laughs> style look to it yeah it, i didn't know i'd be so weirded out by seeing eyeballs in Cra- castle grayskull until i saw eyeballs in castle grayskull yeah sometimes and, you don't like you're like why do they do this and then you see it do- uh, you see it done the other way and you're like oh that's why because it looks just wild uh any other way um you were to say something no, no, no. That that was it. I just, I just, I just bearded out by. Um, let's just put it like this: Mimobo is very powerful, but her aesthetic design choices are uh, questionable. The, yeah, like, right. like the Snake Mountain refresh was kind of mid, and this one is. I mean, it's striking, but not in the ways that I think Mimobo uh, intended. Yeah, I think how I would describe it is garish, quite garish, uh, and so we. Um, we then cut around uh, to different places on Eternia, and we see the sky begin to turn magenta. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's clear that the horde has arrived. And back in Eternos, big surprise, Keldor, uh, completely unmasked now, just is flying around on its goblin glider. And uh, the populace, of course, is mind-controlled, because he did the thing that Skeletor was going to do but now, Skeldor has done, and Andra realizes something is bad is going on, but far too late. And she's like, "No, don't follow him!" And uh, to to a, just a random person, and he just turns around and crushes her wrist. <laughs> like yeah, like a real super. Jerk. Like, yeah, man, those things are expensive. Yeah, did you? That's all. Did you see the gauntlet? That's not. You just don't can't get that at a Target. Come yeah. on. Yeah, you're just not picking that up. That that, that takes some time. Which automatically told me, it's like, oh, we must be getting a new gauntlet for Audra, or a new, new look for It's going to be showing up in episode four or five. Yeah, uh, it definitely. That's cool. I, I, I look forward to Andra having a little more to do in the episodes to come. Um, but not this time. Uh, she's just one of the many people gobsmacked by these, um, uh, by these, this, these revelations. Uh, no one is more gobsmacked, though, than uh, He-Man and uh, Battle Cat, who lose the power. 
um, and uh, are transformed back into Cringer and Adam. There's a very funny bit of expository dialogue where uh, Cringer is like, the power, and Adam's like, is fine. <laughs> it's it's just, okay. It's just blocked. We're just blocked right, right now. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mimobo has put up a hell of a firewall, and it is uh, it is really blocking all the magic. And... Um, uh, we basically we go we cut back to Gwildors and Duncan is jumping in his really cool car that I very much want to buy if there's a toy of it. Um and he is telling Orko and Gwildor, hey, they have to find out some way to work together because the fate of Eternia depends on it, but I'm not gonna stick around <laughs> to make sure that happens. No, I gotta go. So you figure it out. I'll go. I don't know. I don't know what is he gonna put on his old man in arms armor and I think he's join ready. the fight. Yeah, I think he's ready to go start shooting some people. I think that's really what he's 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 happy. He's itching for a fight. He, now that he's retired, man in arms, he he can go just start bar fights wherever he pleases. I think oh, that's yeah. that's what he's looking forward to. He's like, well, it's the end of the world. I'm gonna go get drunk and get into a fight. Bye. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason why I could be like, okay, uh, yeah, Gildor. Orko, uh, get it together. You got exactly one episode left <laughs> to, to figure out everything you need to figure out before this, this shit kind of goes down until we get to our, uh, I'm hoping our mid-season break or whatever is going to happen next. But I don't think so, man. The way that they are speeding through the story, I think that we get to episode five, which is two oh. episodes away, thank goodness. And uh, that's it. Like, that'll be it. Oh, you think it? You think yeah. that's going to be the case? I, I, I don't do. know. I feel like this is like giving us another uh, Empire Strike Backs vibe. It's kind of okay. like, like the. I, I mean, I have a bold prediction, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. All right, ready. we'll save it for moments later because this episode's almost over. Hard oh, to yeah. believe. Really, like this episode. Really, it's as long as every other episode, but things happen. So much happens in every scene. Or I guess the the plot has moved so forward so quickly that it it really is paced at quite a clip. I actually enjoy that quite a bit. But um, now that Gra- uh, Grayskull is now an NFT, um, <laughs> Hordak <laughs> arrives, and uh, he's wearing a, an upgraded, a sweet upgraded uh, outfit, looking fantastic, and uh, assumes his place on the throne. It's one big jab in at, at Skeldor um because uh, he's like you have done well and Skeldor's like oh I live to serve haha <laughs> and he's like just get, it's for I'm talking to me Bobo you jerk get out of here yeah I'm talking to you you're useless me Bobo is the one who did this so yeah me Bobo is my favorite right now and the what's interesting is I think all of all of this to me is is setting up a Skeletor for a hero turn um which is going to be really weird, but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Uh, re- anyway, Adam is captured and led into the throne room, and he arrives to see the full the full breadth of his his failure and the deception. Be as uh, he admonishes Keldor, "How could you do this to your people?" And then, of course, Keldor or Skeldor turns into Skeletor or Skeletech, I should say, and. Uh, cut to a shocked Adam and then a very cool composition of of Skeletor laughing as uh, the camera pulls out. And that is the end of the episode. I mean, like you said, it was a, uh, it was a wild ride. A lot happened in like 22 minutes, 23 minutes, something like that. It was a lot to kind of pick up on. Yeah. It Uh, felt like five. It was, it was the way that it was paced was so brisk that it really, it really jammed through all the plot points. And I thought that was any, either way we said it at the top, really love this episode. Part of it's the fan service. Sure. But, uh, I, I just really loved how tidy and well paced this episode was. The writing was really fun. The jokes landed for me this time in, in a way that they didn't necessarily land at every point in the previous two episodes. And, uh, I love that Gwildor is part of it. I love that they're bringing the Motu movie into official canon. And, um, yeah, just but I was just really, you know, R.I.P. Uh, Stonedar. Uh, but I was glad to see him. 
Yeah, again, the the fan service this time around is, uh, I think, at the appropriate levels of just kind of bringing in all those things that people love. And the, uh, yeah, the tempo on this time versus uh, uh, Revelation is just, no, we're just getting to it. We're not, no, no preambles, no holding anything back for longer than like half an episode before we just start dropping hints. I, I, I'm really in, appreciating the shifts they made with revolution this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Big same. Yeah. Uh, so this episode gets a big thumbs up for me, but uh, John, why don't you tell us what will be in store for next time? Next time it's going to be episode four, the dogs of war. Adam struggles with regret, man at arms, Tila and allies defend Eternia. A violent confrontation erupts. Mm. So, what's your big prediction, John? I have a feeling like I think if this follows mid-season Empire Strikes Back, it's going to get real bad until it gets better. I think at least episode five, we're getting introduced to uh, She-Ra as the person to fight He-Man, as kind of uh, Hordak's champion. Whoa, that is super interesting. I very much hope you're right. I would be, I would be very much up for that plot it, twist. Yeah, because I mean, look, it's going to be evident that a uh, He-Man is going to get like you know his sword's going to get juiced up somehow. So it'll be a uh, tech bro He-Man. Maybe he'll finally get his Patagonia vest with the uh, Iron Cross on the front. I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's great. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like you know this will be one more of just trying to figure out who the hell Hordak is and kind of that fallout and you know obviously adam struggling with regret is because he sort of messed up but i mean mimobo and you know skeletector's plan was pretty good pretty masterful yeah i mean as we pointed out before he went from just finding out his uncle was alive uh to trusting him completely with the kingdom the literal keys to the kingdom uh, something tells something tells me he just loves being He Man so much that when even the the prospect of of somebody coming along and solving his uh situation was floated, he was just like, "Great, I'll take it." I mean, I don't blame him. You'd ask yeah. me to be responsible, or I could be He Man. I'm being He Man. Yep, Matt. Yeah, very good point. That's it. So anyway, that's my hot take. That's what I think is going to happen. There you go. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait till next week to find out. Yeah. But before we say goodbye for this week, we'd like to thank Burton M6 for our theme song. If you're interested in having him make a piece of music for you, check the show notes for a link to his fire page. Until next time, be kind to each other, because when it comes to making the world a better place for everyone, you have the power. Power. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, Masters of the Universe, Revelations, for sure, we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man grab somebody and start eating, from Evil Lynn, Clamp Champ, Tila, and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, let's go.